Hello there, this is Mark Bauerlein with another conversation. Before we get to it, a word about one of our sponsors. Located in the foothills of Wyoming's spectacular Wind River Range, Wyoming Catholic College, an accredited four-year Great Books Institution, is built on the ancient Western tradition of the liberal arts and the freedom of the American West. The college offers its students an immersion in the primary sources of the classical tradition, the grandeur of the mountain wilderness, and the spiritual heritage of the Catholic Church. Students experience the illumination of imagination and intellect through the great books and traditional disciplines, literature and philosophy, mathematics and theology, science and Latin, and an outdoor program second to none. The college celebrated an in-person graduation with its seniors last year and welcomed its largest freshman class ever this year. Learn more about the college's unique space in the world of American higher education at wyomingcatholic.edu. Chris Weir joins us today to talk about classical education and a particular initiative taking place in California. Now, instead of giving his bio, I've known him for, for quite a few years now, I actually want him to make his experience uh, part of the discussion. So uh, welcome, Chris. And let Thank me ask Mark. first, what brought you to classical education? What were you doing before that? Sure. Yeah. So I'm... Uh... I'll go way back. I'm, you know, I'm a cradle Catholic. I went to Catholic schools all my life, um, from kindergarten through, you know, a master's degree, and always loved my Catholic education. But at at, a, at one point in my career, uh, I kind of fell into a career in Catholic education, and uh, we we were essentially trying to be more deliberately Catholic in everything we were doing. And I, I it sort of led me into a rabbit hole where I was reading church documents on Catholic education for the first time, and sort of the history and philosophy of Catholic education. And I went, you know what? I've been in Catholic schools my whole life, and I don't think I received this. <laughs> and it was sort of a, a big wake-up call. And so I, I fell in love with, uh, with this you know, vision for, for Catholic education. And um, so then I, I ended up finding um, – I worked for about 12 years at my alma mater, Servite High School, in various capacities. And then I uh, ended up working for the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education, uh, which you know, promotes and supports um, – sort of the renewal of Catholic education uh, across the country. Um, and you know, Beth Sullivan would, would, wouldn't let me use the word classical, <laughs> but, but essentially that, you know, classical has been the moniker from this, for this renewal, um, you know, f from a lot of people's perspective. Uh, but it's really just a going back to the original, you know, vision and philosophy of, of education that the, that the church sort of inherited from, from antiquity and then, and then perfected over time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how I fell into it uh, from from the Institute. I, you know, we're don't, trying to figure out. Oh, go ahead. Don't tell us yet okay. about the, the new project. We'll we'll, nope. we'll get to Not that. But let me let me yeah. let me just go with uh, your your the high school in Southern California uh, was a single sex education. Give us in your experience, what are the pluses and any of the minuses of single sex education? Yeah, great question. Um, so when my parents told me I was going to Servite High School, I went kicking and screaming because I thought the single sex thing was going to be weird. <laughs> Where are the girls? <laughs> That's right, exactly. Um, within, gosh, days, I, I fell in love with it. Um, from my experience as a student, uh, I don't think I would have recognized it as such. I, I, I was just, I was really happy. Um, I, was, I was very comfortable in my own skin. And, and looking back and, you know, the years I spent doing admissions at, at Servite, I would often tell prospective parents this, that while I, while I didn't recognize it as such as, as a kid, as a teenager, um, it just, 
it, it's a great environment to allow young people to um, comfortably figure out who they are, right? Um, and not feel like they have to put on a facade every day because they're they're walking around trying to impress the the opposite sex. That's a huge part of it at the high school level, I think. Yeah. Um, at at, yeah. at the in the lower levels, I think it just comes down to the opportunity to allow boys to be boys, to allow girls to be girls, and to offer them uh, an educational model that's suited to that. I, I had my son uh, for a couple of years in actually a public school, mm-hmm. and then he was in Catholic school for for most of the rest of his much of the rest of his time, but. He had some teachers who, in those early grades, and it was very clear these teachers, they just, they, they just couldn't understand why, why, why can't the boys act like the girls? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. You know, why, 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 yep. why, 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 why do they have to be fidgeting all the time, mm-hmm. and why, why can't I get them to focus more, exactly. just like those girls do? That's uh, right. <laughs> I guess in the single sex schools, you don't have that kind of expectation. You can't. Correct. That's yeah. right. You're able to tailor the educational environment to you know the, the boys and to the girls, respectively. Yeah. Okay. Quick question: When, what year did you join the Institute for Catholic Liberal Education? That would have been 2018. Okay, not too long ago. 17 or 18. Yeah. How big? No, I, actually, you know what? I think it was a little before. I think it was 17. It must have been Chris, 17. I yeah. think so. But how big? was it? How big was the network <laughs> at that time? Well, uh, gosh, the network, I, I forget the actual numbers, but it was under under 100 schools in the, in the network, um, not even close to that yet. And when I joined, we were, I mean, months prior to that, we were so excited to have hired our first full-time uh, uh, employee in Mary Pat Donahue, who was the first director of school services. So she came on board full-time maybe a year before I did. Um, so I think I was full-time employee number two, uh, if I've got that right. And uh, and now I want to say the last time I talked to Beth a couple of months ago, I think they've got 18 full-time staff. And the membership numbers are, I think, gosh, I think they're in the 300s. I'm not going to have to double check. But no, exponential growth. It's been phenomenal. Huge growth. When you came in in 2017, did you expect that kind of growth? I mean, you might have been optimistic. But did you think it would be that fast, that big? You know, I think there was a part that, of all of us that, that really did expect. I mean, we saw it coming. I think by then we really already saw it coming. Um, hmm. And uh, because it's, <laughs> it, it's such a compelling vision. And it's, just, it's, it's sad that people just don't know what they don't know. And, and once they do, it's so attractive to parents. It's so attractive to teachers. Um, it's so attractive to religious who who you know are taking seriously the the spiritual care of their flocks. Uh, it's just it's it's such a slam dunk. Um, well, I don't think we were surprised. The, the growth fueled by students, right? More students yeah. coming in, more parents coming to you. In your experience, the parents who are bringing the kids to the to the schools, is it that they are drawn to what you've got mostly or are they fleeing they're not sure exactly what you've got i mean maybe they'll be very pleasantly surprised but sure. uh, until then they're actually fleeing something more than that they are migrating yeah. towards something 
Right. Uh, I think there's definitely, uh, you've got both out there. And I think the fleeing, you know, we've seen much more recently. However, I think, I think the other category, the, the being drawn to, is, is, is much bigger. And I think what the reason is because the vision um, aligns with human nature. <laughs> you know, what, what, a, what a parent naturally desires for their child, uh, this form of education delivers. Uh, and so I think whether or not people even know it at the, at the outset or can articulate it that way, that's why uh, this, this, this form of education results in, in happiness and holiness and joy. That's really one of the things that, you know, I've, I've had the great pleasure of, of visiting a lot of schools all over the country. And I would say probably the most common characteristic because the, the delivery can be different. You know, there's lots of different ways to actually deliver the philosophy. Uh, but the most common characteristic of these schools is just the joy. Everybody's happy. <laughs> I, uh, I don't, I'm not sure that's the case in, uh, the average American <laughs> public school. Sadly no. not Mark. And you know, it just, it, it really does. It, it, I, you know, I, this isn't just a, a, a phrase that I, it really does break my heart. I mean, yeah. people, young, young, young people are being robbed of their birthright. Um, and, and they don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. All right. The new initiative, the yes. Camino Schools, what yeah. is it? <laughs> Great question. So uh, when one of the reasons I'm, I'm so excited about this is when, when my wife and I were looking for an option for our oldest uh, daughter, who's now nine, uh, when she was three, we looked to Orange County first because that's I'm an Orange County boy. I'm born and raised in Orange County, California. And uh, unfortunately, there just wasn't any options that fit. And so now there is. Where yeah. specifically in Orange County? Where will the Camino schools be? No, where, where were you? Where did you grow up? Oh, uh, I grew up in Seal Beach. Um, okay. Yeah. But, okay. you know, going to a place like Servite in, in Anaheim, I was, I was all over the Orange County map with friends yeah. everywhere. And things like okay. That. Anyway. Um, okay. Yeah. So the Camino schools are going to deliver um, for the first time this kind of education to Orange County. So... Uh, they're going, it, it's two separate schools, um, all boys and all girls. Um, the all boys and all girls schools will be third grade through eighth grade. And then under the, under sort of the leadership and direction of the girls school, there will be a, a co-ed, uh, kindergarten through second grade that'll feed those two, those two schools. Um, so they're, they'll sing, single sex, obviously, um, classical, and then the, the spiritual care for the school will be, um, uh, taken care of by Opus Dei. Uh, so, so there are other schools that I'm sure many people, especially in the, in the First Things Network, um, have heard. You know, you've got the Heights and Oak Crest there in the, in the D.C. area. Yeah. Um, there's schools in Chicago, Boston, Houston. Um, so it's, it's of those models. And the three founding couples wanted those kinds of schools for their own children. Um, but what really drew me to their vision for the Camino schools is uh, – they, they truly believe that by founding schools like these, um, that they can renew the culture of, of California. Uh, and so that's, that's really a, their, their, their macro level commitment. Um, and so we hope if, if God blesses this initiative that, you know, we'll start with these two schools. And if all goes well, there'll be uh, more in the future in an effort to uh, reclaim and renew the, the culture of, of California. Why the word Camino? 
Isn't that a, isn't that a car, El Camino? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, there's yeah, there's lots of levels of meaning for for the folks involved, but I think the most obvious is is that uh, the the large scale vision that I was just referring to, and you know, the Camino being the the El Camino being the the, the way that uh, Saint Junipero Serra followed when he was founding the missions, which really you know um, sort of instilled California with its with its uh, religious culture um, back then, and we've certainly lost a lot of that, and we want to reclaim it. Yeah, yeah. Tell us uh, about the curriculum. I mean, we we well, when when people hear classical education, yeah. they tend to think, oh, well, Plato, you know, Homer, Dante, Newton, right. and that really seems more like a, a high school thing. What sure. does a classical second grade, third grade classroom have or yeah. or do? Great question. Um, so I'll start by just kind of going, I'll cover sort of three main points about, about the, the classical or traditional liberal arts approach. First and foremost, it's that it inspires a lifelong love of learning. Um, you know, so, so these children, by the time they get up into middle school and stuff, I mean, it, it, it's somewhat easier to keep young, young children excited about school. But as they get older, typically school becomes this, this drudge, right? This thing that they don't look forward to anymore. You, you know, there, there. I read a report on on kids, why they, why they drop out of high school, and the yeah. main thing was not. It's not workload. It wasn't yeah. intelligence. I just. It was too hard for me. It was. I just. I was bored. I didn't like it. Exactly. What's it, it was really almost an emotional thing rather than That's an intellectual right. thing. That's right. Absolutely. So first and foremost, it, it inspires that lifelong love of learning. It's engaging. Um, it, you know, it, it awakens wonder in the kids. I mean, I just can't tell you, uh, looking at my own children who, who go to a school like this, uh, they're, they're just different kids because of it. Um, the, the second thing is it really develops, you know, a classical liberal arts approach really develops a command of language, right? So, so students are, are memorizing and imitating um, some of the greatest uh, thought and speeches and, and poetry uh, and um, you know they're they're learning from from all of that, and it's becoming a part of their own uh, their own soul. So that they really end up having a command of language, which is so important to 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 think clearly, to write clearly, to speak clearly. Um, it all starts with that command of language. And then the third thing is that the, the classical liberal arts approach is really the best way to, for students to become um, really rigorous thinkers, to really develop a strong sense of logic. Um, whether that's through Latin grammar um, or, or Euclid's elements, you know, which I, I love the anecdote of, of Abraham Lincoln talking about, you know, everywhere he went, he carried a Bible and Euclid's elements. Mm -hmm. And he, he attributed his, his ability to think logically by mastering Euclid's elements. That's it, that one book. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so anyway, real rich, you know, classroom discussions and debates. Um, but uh, yeah, just in, engaging Lifelong level learning, command of language, you know, rigorous thinking. That's what these schools give to students. Let's pause for a moment to ask if you are looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium. That's the University of Dallas in Irving, Texas. Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the university offers an exceptional liberal arts education with undergraduate and graduate programs in arts and sciences, business, and ministry, 
as well as a campus in Rome, Italy, all of them preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. Uh, now, starting a school, you got you got staffing issues, personnel <laughs> issues. Uh, does a classical elementary school teacher need a special training that a standard school of education does not provide? Well, let me let me let me twist your words around a little bit. The the the, the biggest help to a classical teacher, a traditional liberal arts teacher is that they don't have a degree in modern education because otherwise they're going to have to unwind a lot of things yeah. uh, and, and unlearn a lot of bad habits. Um, so, no, I think, uh, yes, there is certainly um, specific uh, training involved, you know, uh, certain approaches and, and uh, the, the style of pedagogy and, and um, methods. But the thing about this approach is, because again, because it, it aligns with, the way God created us. <laughs> it aligns with human nature. It aligns with the way human beings naturally learn. Um, most teachers find it freeing. Uh, I think they'll tell you it's hard work, harder work actually than modern education, but hard work in the, in the same way that being a parent is a hard, is hard work, right? Um, it's not that it's rocket science hard. It's just that you're, you're tending, you're, you're literally tending to the souls of each individual you know, student in, in your care. And that's hard work. But the actual delivery of the education is is freeing. It's it's engaging. As, it's it's more engaging as much for the teachers as it is for the students. They're, you know, modern education has made teachers into into dummies. They're just they're 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 instructed to just open a binder and stick to the script. Um, and that that's a very uh, soul crushing <laughs> yeah. approach. Um, right. So so no, if 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 uh, you know, if for our school in particular, because we want it to be Catholic and and in all always um if you if you love your catholic faith and you love kids um we can provide you with the the, the bit of training that you need to deliver a classical education uh, well but we certainly want to start with a uh with a core um of, of teachers who are, who are actually practiced in, the, in this method we intend to do that yeah i i think chris you were the one who told me a while back maybe it was at one of the Catholic liberal education annual meetings that as the classical education world grows, schools open and grade levels are added. The need for good teachers isn't the only pressing matters. We also have a shortage of principals and administrative personnel. It's also a big problem. Absolutely. Does yes. that, that continues to be the case? And, and what, what, what do we do about it then? It does. Um, well, I think, first of all, one thing that, that I've learned in my experience is when it comes to leading a school or leading a renewal uh, or, or starting a school like this, uh, the, the first thing you need is, is a, a, a strong leader in that community. I mean, the, the biggest light bulb for me in my career was that Catholic education is not about running schools. It's about building culture. So when you talk about leadership, you, you want a culture builder. So, for example, this, the school that my, my kids are at um, – the, the principal, who, who was the founding principal when, when the renewal took place, um, she didn't have any specific training in classical education, but she was the right leader for that community at the time. And, and she had a you know, humility and an open heart and a willingness to learn. Um, so that, I think, is more important than anything. I think, I think having the right leader of your own community is more important than having an expert in classical education. Um, um, 
So, but yeah, but as far as the shortage goes, it's, it's hard. And, and, and one thing I've noticed is, you know, you have this, you need more leaders. So you want to pull your best teachers, but you need great teachers too. So it's like you're <laughs> to, to solve the one problem, you're, you're creating more on, on the other. But um, I, I think the more and more it grows, the more people will have. And, um, uh, you know, there's a lot of great uh, programs now being built at the higher educational level that, you know, offering master's degrees and other certificates and, of course, the, the Institute has their new um, teacher certification program, which I think is, is huge and will be game changing for the landscape. Yeah. Um, so. yeah. You, you've got your uh, right right now we're, we're, we're taping here in, in mid-July. Uh, the Camino schools, they're ready to open in September. Not, not this September. We're looking at fall of 24. Okay, okay. So fall, okay. fall of 24, we're looking to open uh, at the very least the, the, the co-ed K through 2. Uh, and so we're really we're really trying to get a pulse right now on, you know, the, the families that are interested and how serious they are and what age their kids are at. We've got you ha you have sites, you have buildings. Well, that's part of my job is to figure out the site. That's that's, uh, you know, probably my top priority right now. Um, but the while I only came on board last month, the, the board has been talking about this for over a year. And so that they've had an interest survey out for a while. And we've got about 100 families already signed up, you know, expressing interest. Um, really? So, yeah, the, the critical mass is, is definitely there. Um, I, I don't have any doubt about, you know, being able to open and follow 24. We just need to figure out, you know, it, just just how many, you know, families and, and, and what level of students are and where they're interested. And uh, and then find a site as, as quickly as possible to to open with. It'll, it'll most likely be a temporary site for the first, you know, year or two while we while we build out a, a permanent campus. But um we're, we're excited about it, and all signs are, are very positive thus far. Now, let me let me bring up an issue that may be a delicate one. Sure. Uh, when you're talking about the, a Catholic school, then there's also there's always the issue of nearby Catholic schools in the in the diocese. Uh, are you a competitor, or are you a complement? What 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 usually happens in these cases? Well, I, I definitely think we're a complement, and, and you know, just to be clear, we, you know, we're, we're in discussion with the diocese of Orange. They've been, they've been, you know, very uh, supportive thus far. There, there will be at some point in the future a, a, um, you know, formal process that we'll need to go through to to be approved as an official, sanctioned Catholic school by Bishop Van and the diocese of Orange. Um, but you know, even before that happens, we intend for everything that we do to be Catholic in every way. As far as being a competitor or not. Um, no, I think we're a complement, and, and we're offering some very unique things that you don't find anywhere in the diocese at this point, uh, at least in our local context. So, you know, the, the classical piece will be unique. Um, the single sex thing will be certainly very unique. Um, and the fact that we're, you know, our spiritual care is entrusted to uh, Opus Dei. Um, so there's certain, there's already a community who's, you know, attracted to that element of it. Um, so, no, I, I think we offer a lot of uniquenesses that just aren't there right now. Um, and as far as, as you know, what I've seen sort of nationally or, or, you know, when these things happen, I actually think it's one of those situations where, you know, uh, it, it sort of raises the bar for everyone. If, if, if a school is attractive to families, well, then th there must be something, you know, to, to, to learn from that. And, uh, and if other schools are, are, are open to that, then, then it can help everyone. So. Yeah. You're in California where the teachers unions are very powerful. Uh, up in Sacramento, I know they, the, those teachers union representatives, they, they walk around like kings. 
with, That's right. uh, with their court. That's right. Yeah. Well, they've been made kings. <laughs> uh, they, the, the politicians, they, they jump. Uh, yep. What do the unions think of projects such as Camino? Have they, have they, have the, have the classical schools touched on their radar yet? Great question. Um, I, I guess the, the first thing that pops into my head is just an anecdote from, from just a couple of weeks ago when I, we were looking at a piece of land that's already zoned for educational use. And uh, we were inquiring about it. And the, the broker said in the five years that the land's been on the market, uh, he, he guessed upwards of 50 or 60 schools have expressed interest. And for political reasons, um, the local unified school district has, uh, you know, put a stopgap on. <laughs> oh, the, the unified district owns the land? No, they don't own it, but just, you know, political relationships being what they are. Um, so uh, that is to say, I think I think charter schools certainly are, are, are seen as a threat. And I, I think and I'm seeing more and more classical charter schools um, on the landscape. So. They're definitely a threat to the teachers' unions. The private schools, I, I, I think, are, are certainly a threat, um, but I don't know that there's as much that they can do about that. Um, so I think when they're able to to get in the way of a, of a local private school succeeding, um, they, they certainly do <laughs> often. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we, yeah. we have a little more protection than the, than the charter schools, thankfully. Yeah. Your, your website chides contemporary education for emphasizing economic and social goods, uh, ignoring the spiritual, the moral, often the tradition. Right. Uh, are people noticing that more and more? You know, I think so. I, I think I think people, I think especially parents, are waking up to the fact that. Um, the vision that we've uh, provided our, our children, whether explicitly or implicitly, over the last generation or two, uh, is not a very uplifting one. You know, you look at mental health and, and you know, teen and youth suicide rates and um, just all the problems and, and confusion that, that young people are facing. I think parents are really recognizing that we, <laughs> we need to offer them a vision that's, uh, that's more uplifting than that. And and just being a, a cog in the wheel of, of the economy is not is not very uplifting. And, and thankfully, I think parents are, are coming to realize that. And the the overwhelming majority of whom never intended to, you know, <laughs> crush the souls of their of their kids are just, you know, a product of the society around them. But thankfully, I think things have gotten so extreme, especially out here in California, that parents want more for for you know their, their children. And, and thankfully, schools like the Camino schools are able to deliver it. Yeah. You know, you've got a high Hispanic uh, population there in Orange County, sure. um, especially if you move over into Anaheim area, yep. uh, city of Orange. Right. Do you do you ever worry that the emphasis on Western tradition will will come off as too Eurocentric, even though Spain is part of Europe, but right. but in in terms of you know Latin America, uh, Mexico, that your emphasis on Western tradition is is to dead white male no i don't do you feel the need to give any any apologies or explanations or just ignore it at this point well you know i think i think it's something to tap into i think certainly especially here in southern california um 
you know, our the, the Hispanics here in this part of the country, they have a, a, a history and a tradition that actually, um, uh, I, I think, aligns with, with all, you know, I, I had a, a professor talking about the fact that, you know, she was doing some, some research in um, sort of the history of, of Mexican Catholicism. And one of the things she pointed out was that when when the, the Franciscan missionaries came over and, and were, you know, bringing Western culture to, to the indigenous people, they were giving them a classical education. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and so, so there's, there's, there's sort of a proud, um, there, there, there's a proud piece of the puzzle there. Um, if, if you look at it, you know, properly. Uh, and so, no, I, I think, um, I think the, the, the key is allowing them to see that they are, a player in, and, and they have a role in this amazing story that is Western civilization. Um, you know, the, the civilization that God ordained to be the one into which, you know, Christ his son would, would come. Uh, that, that was not accidental. And, um, and they have a role in that. Uh, it, it unfolded uh, to the point where, that, you know, where, where their lives you know, were. And, uh, and I think that that's, if you approach it the right way, I think kids are proud of that. Last question, Chris, how do people find out about the Camino Project? TheCaminoSchools.org uh, is our website. You can go there. And um, if you're in the you know, Southern California area, we've got uh, events pretty regularly. Uh, part of my job is simply to reach out and connect with anyone that's interested. Um, so you can find the phone number there and, and reach me directly very, very easily. And, and you'll be... So parents and and donors, potentially, right. but also yeah. will you be hiring teachers yes. and administrators? You're looking. Absolutely, we're 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 looking. We we have you know we're narrowing this the search for the two headmasters uh, of each school, uh, but we are uh, very aggressively looking for teachers as well and, and asking people to help us in that search. And obviously, like you said, yeah, we're going to need, you know, this vision is not just for a couple of schools in, in Orange County for the founders' kids to go through. This this is a vision to re literally, uh, and, and we're very committed to uh, attempting to renew the, the culture of California. Anybody who wants to help us in that project, whether you got school-age kids or not, uh, we're going to need a lot of help. So. All right. Well, we wish you luck. A year Appreciate from now, it, you'll come back on and tell us how it's going. Chris Weir, meanwhile, Chris Weir, thank you for joining us. Thanks a lot, Mark. Thanks for all the great work you're doing. God bless you. And thank you for listening to our conversation, which has been supported by Wyoming Catholic College, which combines great books, the Catholic tradition, and the great outdoors of the American West into an extraordinary education. Go to wyomingcatholic.edu or contact the admissions office at 877-332-2930.